We were always taught not to touch our faces. Um, obviously, um, I'm handling radioactive drugs. I don't want to accidentally um, touch my face and contaminate my face with radioactivity. Welcome to the E equals MC squared of running podcast, a podcast which brings energy and enthusiasm back into running with comment and opinion on running related stories with the occasional delve into the science literature. I'm Maggie Cooper and I'm your host. Well, I don't know about you, but I find it quite difficult wearing face masks. And the question has arisen as whether we might be asked to wear face masks outside. Um, obviously, for me personally, that is um, a concern if I need to wear a face mask when I'm running. No, I'm not uh, any stranger to wearing face masks. I have had to wear face masks uh, for my work for a number of years. Um, I make uh, radioactive drugs or used to make radioactive drugs in a um, clean room environment where it was really important, obviously, that we didn't infect the drugs that we were making with um, bacteria or viruses or anything. So uh, we would wear a, a face mask. Um, and, and that would often be for several hours, in fact. And in fact, I never, ever had any, any sort of problem with wearing um, the face mask in that scenario. But it was different. Um, the first thing that I would say is that we didn't, um, we didn't move around very much. Um, in fact, it's really, really important that you don't move around in a clean room because um, you shed particles when you move around. Apparently, um, the average person sheds about 100 million skin cells per day. So basically, we um, didn't move around much in the clean room because um, we didn't want to be shedding particles, which could then um, affect the injections. And that makes a difference to your breathing, obviously, with the face mask. Um, the other thing was we were always taught not to touch our faces. Um, obviously, um, I'm handling radioactive drugs. I don't want to accidentally um, touch my face and contaminate my face with radioactivity. And neither do I want to contaminate the um, things I'm making with bacteria from my face. So we were very careful about, about that. So it was a kind of completely different scenario than taking my grubby face mask out of my pocket, putting it on my face and going um, walking around Tesco's or something. But... Um, that wasn't really where I've had trouble. I've I've, I've been okay um, doing my shopping. Uh, again, I don't really talk to people when I'm shopping. Don't want to appear like a complete weirdo talking to strangers in the shop. So um, keep, keep that to a minimum. Um, and I haven't. So I haven't found it it's too bad. But I also um, do some uh, voluntary work in um, what's called a social supermarket, which provides food to people at a discounted price um, to help them if they're struggling financially. And so in, when I'm in that scenario, I have to wear the face mask for several hours at a time and also I'm having to talk to people um, you know whether it's to the people who are coming in to use the social supermarket or to the volunteers or whatever so there's quite a lot of um, just talking going going on and what I found was when I was wearing a face mask um, I'd be okay to begin with but then by about the third day I was really kind of having difficulty with with breathing and I thought, oh, good grief, have I got coronavirus? And well, I didn't feel any other symptoms. So I, um, you know, I wasn't then wearing the face mask for the rest of the week. I, I gradually recovered. And then I'd wear the face mask again the next week. And the same thing would happen. And I was like, this is, this is really not, not good. I, I, don't, I don't feel great um, wearing this um, face mask. So in the end, I bought um, a visor. And I just wear the visor instead. And I've had no problems since with that. And so I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was something in the face mask that I was allergic to. Um, some people talked about breathing in small particles from the face mask. Um, 
but I, I also think that it's possible that it's something to do with the buildup of water vapor because obviously when you're talking you um you do produce quite a bit of water vapor um and you're like having to breathe that back in again so I, I didn't I don't know what the problem was but I certainly did have a problem so that led me to wonder what would it'd be like if I had to wear a face mask when I was running because again I think I produce quite a lot of water vapor when I'm um, running I mean my glasses steam up pretty quickly if I'm wearing any sort of um, face covering so um, I think perhaps I, I do so anyway I was really uh, interested so I had a look in the scientific literature and lo and behold some people have done some work on this which I thought was really interesting so one of the papers was just from the end of last year and uh, one um, paper from this year. Um, I put links to them in my blog, which is um, Maggie's Running Podcast.blogspot.com. One was by a group by, led by Daniel Epstein and another one by a group led by um, Shaw and co-workers. So um, it's the, the Epstein one is the one I'm going to concentrate on, but um, I've put links to both of them. And both of them use a sort of similar protocol um, uh, to, to study this effect. They, they basically got people to cycle on a, you know, like a static bike, a gym bike. Um, and um, it's a, it's a, I think it's a pretty standard um, protocol where you basically increase the, the sort of resistance or the, the, how, the effort required to, to cycle, you know, in, in increments, whether that's every 30 seconds or in the case of the Epstein paper, it's every three minutes. So they start off with 25 watts and then increase by 25 watts every three minutes, keeping the um the, you know, the the cycle rate at 25 to 65 uh revolutions per minute and then that basically people cycle until they can't cycle anymore and then you can test various things like um you can test the oxygen saturation you can test the heart rate you can ask them what the perceived effort is check the breathing rate um and in the epstein paper they also checked the tidal carbon dioxide um and and they tested this these in different conditions for example not wearing a mask or wearing a mask in one of the papers they wore an n95 respirator um in the other they wore sort of cotton masks different types of masks so what was particularly interesting was it, the mask didn't really seem to affect the performance of the people who were doing the cycling. Um, their, their heart rate, for example, or their, their time to exhaustion, their oxygen saturation, these types of factors were not affected at all um, by wearing um, the masks. However, um, when they looked at the end tidal carbon dioxide, they found that um, that with the face mask, there was a significant, it was a mild but significant rise. I mean, significant has, has a certain meaning in scientific literature. You have to prove significance by um, doing some various um, statistical analysis. But so when it says significant, it means it does mean something. So it was a mild but significant rise in carbon dioxide partial pressure. Um, and they found that obviously that was worse wearing the N95 respirator. I, I doubt anybody was going to make you wear an N95 respirator um, going out for a run on the on the prom. But um, yeah, it, it, obviously that that was what was worse. Um, so for most people, um, really, this in, increasing carbon dioxide par partial pressure won't cause them any problems. Um, and I say it didn't affect the, the the performance of the volunteers in that study. They were they were cycling for um, in, in the Epstein paper. It was I think it was about eighteen minutes. Um, I think in the Shaw paper it was a bit less. It was about ten or something. But um, it wasn't what I'm saying is it wasn't that long. Um, so it's, in most cases, it's not not going to really be a problem. Um, if uh, you know, but it might be a problem if you're running longer, and it might be a problem if you um, are not not so healthy. These are young, healthy volunteers with a relatively short period of exercise. So um, 
the 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 increase in level of carbon dioxide um, most likely occurred because the people were breathing in their their own air. There wasn't sort of time for it to escape from the mast, and it was all needing to be breathed in again. And it was and the and the effect was worse when they had um, to put in more effort, and it could lead to mild hypercapnia. Um, which would make it, again, more difficult for you to breathe. Added to that, you've got the effect of the mask itself um, making it more difficult to breathe. You've got the resistance you know, to, to, to get air sort of through that mask. Whether that would be significant outside is, is debatable. You know, whether there would be you know, sort of a faster clearance of the carbon dioxide when you're running outside, I, I'm, I'm not really sure, and they don't, they don't actually speculate on that at all. So um, what's that effect, though? What, what does this hypercapnia, what's, what's it do? Well, I don't know if you've ever been in a poorly ventilated room. Or, or for me, I, I have trouble, actually, even on the train from um, Liverpool to London. Um, I, I, when I, by the time I've finished uh, my journey on that train of, like, two hours, 20 minutes, or whatever it is, um, I feel my head feels fuzzy. I'm beginning to get a headache. I don't feel, I really don't feel very well at all. So I think I'm, uh, uh, I've also had that experience when I've been in, in lectures, not, not because the lecture's boring. There's one particular room in our department where if I have to go there for a lecture, I, I end up coming out feeling dreadful. So I think I'm acutely affected by this particular uh, uh, lack, well, too much carbon dioxide basically in the in the air. But it's difficult to know whether um, that's going to be a problem for, for most people. Um, and certainly, is that going to be a problem for people who are running outside? And the other thing that they didn't discuss when they, um, in this paper was this, this fact, which I thought was might be important, which is the buildup of water vapour. Um, and, and I think that is probably a, uh, is a significant factor um, because it's... It, it's almost like akin to you know when you choke on your own saliva. You know you're breathing in your own your own water vapor, um, and I, and I just don't think that that could be that good for you. Um, so yeah, they didn't discuss that. They did discuss another factor, which again I, I think probably isn't too much of too important about running outside. But um, they said that wearing mask uh, does have an effect on your thermoregulation. So um, in previous studies, they've shown that wearing a mask can cause a slight elevation in your body temperature compared with not wearing the mask. Um, yeah, but whether that's going to be a, a fact, factor on a cold, wet February afternoon, I don't know. So although I think that for most people, wearing the mask uh, while running might not have a significant impact on their performance, you might you might find it somewhat unpleasant. But then there may be some people, and I, and I say I suspect they may be one of them, um, who really struggle with this sort of um, in, slight increase in the carbon dioxide levels um, and may give you sort of a fuzzy feeling in your head um, and may, may cause some um, problem, slight problem breathing. I just hope that um, it's really not an issue and I really hope that the government don't introduce this measure um, to have to wear a mask when you're outside. Um, I can understand it if you're in a gym. Uh, that may, that's a different um, situ- situation. Um, but outside, I, I'm really not sure of the, 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 that it's necessary. And I say, I really hope that they don't introduce that. Um.